Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash Patchwork Heart Ministry today. The St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation, in partnership with Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network, present a podcast for divorced and separated Catholics. Hi, and welcome to a podcast from St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith. Thank you so much for joining us here on YouTube, Podbeam, and also on the other uh, social media platforms that we're on. And you can learn more about us and the foundation at nonatus.org. So it's very excited for this podcast because with us we have our very good friend and as i always say uh, the vice president of the saint raymond Nazis foundation rose sweet you can learn about her at rosesweet.com i know many of you already know her very well so rose thank you so much for joining us here on this podcast and as i always say Anne, the vice president never has to do any hard work right <laughs> Right. And you know, I have a big smile on my face because we say that all the time. <laughs> I know. And, and, you know, and I would, I would make a joke, but I, here we go. Like, the, thank God this is a video because if a fly does land on my head, nobody's going to see it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's an, it's an audio podcast. So Rose and I are looking at each other here on Zoom. Is it Zoom calls? We record it, but uh, our finished product is just audio, right? And this way we don't have to worry about uh, what, what we see or what people see. So, uh, but thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. And um, this is a 12-part series that we've been doing every month. We started in the summer. And this, uh, this episode is Overcoming Loneliness. That's the title. And COVID, what can we learn on handling isolation and lack of connection in general? So we've got a lot to talk about. Here we're recording this in a middle of October, close to the end of October. It's and it's going to air the first Tuesday. So, uh, Rose, I thought we could start out with your own story. I know that for people who are just meeting you, they'd love to hear it. Well, thank you, Anne. Um, I, I, this time of year, it was decades ago um, when my husband walked into our bedroom and said, I don't want to be married anymore. I'm leaving. I want to get a divorce. And I'll never forget how cold and dead his eyes looked to me. I mean, I, I vividly remember how shocked I was. And I heard something in his voice. You know, couples who argue can say, we need to get divorced. We never should have got married. But this time there was something different in his voice. And that was the beginning of the end. And I got thrown into major shock. Now, let me back up. I am Mrs. Christmas down to my toes. I love Christmas. I love everything about it. I love to cook, bake, decorate. My trees are over the top wonderful. I'm playing Bing Crosby the day after Thanksgiving, you know, 
so now I'm numb and I'm in shock and I'm scared and I'm lonely and I'm confused and the holidays are coming and I want nothing to do with them. I, I just want to vomit most of the time. And I, that also shocked me that I was so lonely and so depressed that I didn't even put up one decoration for the first time in my life. And it was, I thought, I just prayed. I said, Lord, help me just get through. Help me remember baby Jesus and why you came to this earth to save us. And just let December 26th come really fast. I, I couldn't stand the, the loneliness. My family had kind of pulled away because they didn't know how to deal with my emotions. Um, my friends that were married, they couldn't invite me over because I wasn't a couple anymore. And some of them even thought I was after their husband now that I was single. And I'm like, what? Oh, no. Ugly. No, no, I'm just empty. <laughs> but it was really lonely and horrible. So there I was a few days before Christmas sinking. Loneliness is the doorway into self-pity and de depression. So I thought, you know, just call somebody that you know loves you. I go, okay. And I remembered my nanny from when I was a little girl. She lived in Sacramento and I was about 500 miles away in Southern California. And I called her up and I just loved hearing her voice. It was so comforting. And I said, I'm having a tough time and Christmas. And she says, I'm going to get in the car and drive down there. Really? I'm going to come spend Christmas with you. I'm coming down to visit the whole family but I'd like to stay with you. And I was so excited. I go, okay. So I cleaned my house and her name was Celestine and she showed up and she gave me a big, long hug, that physical contact that lonely people are so desperate for. And then we talked and caught up a little bit and it was, it was Christmas Eve and we were going to go to midnight mass. So I decided I needed a nap. So she said, Rosie, honey, and it was like I was 10 years old again. She goes, you go down and take a nap and I'll make dinner. So I went and took a nap. And while I was sleeping, she made dinner and made a homemade from scratch pound cake. I could smell it in the oven when I woke up. And when I got out, up from my nap, there she was with a dish towel on her shoulder. And half of my sink was filled with soapy water. She was doing dishes. And I realized that I had learned to put a dish towel over my shoulder and to wash dishes like she did from all those years ago. All this warm, loving, maternal connection came back. And it was wonderful. And we went to, we went to mass, to midnight mass together. And I will never forget, uh, yeah, December 26th came. And Christmas, that first Christmas wasn't as bad as I thought it was because I wasn't lonely. I was lonely, but I wasn't lonely. I felt alone, but I wasn't alone. And that really taught me something about the value, especially working with divorced people and help, helping lonely, lonely people in general. There is somebody there who loves you. You just can't see them or you don't remember them. So let's see who that might be. Do you, do you have a story like that of some intense loneliness that you ever felt, Anne? 
Yeah, thank you so much for sharing. I mean, that was a great visual for me. I'm still in your story. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready to share mine, but I mean, I have several instances in my life of, uh, you know, I would use the word feeling defeated. And when, uh, you know, this podcast is for people who are affected by divorce and separation. So mostly people who are separated and divorced, although we have a lot of people who listen, who are uh, the relatives or friends, or maybe people who aren't even ever divorced or adult or adult children of divorce. I mean, for people who know me, I uh, am an adult child of divorce. Uh, a very older child of divorce, meaning that it happened way back in the day, right? When I was just seven years old. So, um, but even unrelated to being an adult child of divorce. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've suffered loneliness in my life. Uh, a lot of times it, ha it has happened to me after some kind of a transitional period in my life or some kind of a trial where, uh, I sometimes have uh, trusted people with my feelings where I have learned over time that it's better to, as you have said on your podcast before with me, that we don't need to tell everyone why we're feeling down, depressed, anxiety, or whatever, because it scares people away sometimes in our lives, you know, when they're not ready for that. They're not ready to hear your problems. They're not ready to... Um, be able to reach to that level of empathy and spend time with you. Um, and that was probably mistake number one on my part when I was going through loneliness, where I have gone to the wrong people and maybe I didn't go to God directly. Yeah. I tried to pray. I tried to do what I should as a Catholic to, to find that healing, but I made some mistakes in regard to uh, who I could trust with what I was going through uh, at that time with, say, a depression or something like that. Um, but I've learned. I think I have learned finally at my age that uh, steps to take, steps that I can take to go in the right direction and not in the wrong direction. Because I think as we get to a certain age in our lives, we see the mistakes that we've made and we see the mistakes that other people have made and we don't want to go down those paths. So I think that's what I've learned in my life. And, um, you know, I think I finally know now at my age that when I feel that crisis coming on, that I need to get the right kind of help and not seek it just from anybody that I think I can trust, but maybe I really can't, if that makes sense. It, it makes total sense. Um, and that makes you, when you're lonely and you reach out to the wrong person or persons, and you realize that wasn't good, then you're even more lonely because you feel even more disconnected and abandoned and isolated. Yeah. So, so what we're going to do in this podcast is we're going to share a little, some of the things you and I have learned, but then we're going to give our listeners a really nice to-do list because we're, we're practical gals. We're, that's what yes. <laughs> we like to go deep into philosophy and spirituality and theology, but we come out with practical ways to apply that to our life. I always say it's a way we put our religion into our relationships. I love that, Rose. That's your that's one of your taglines. If I can ever if I can remember, I know. So 
So I, I wanted to share something really beautiful that I love, so consoling. And it's St. Ignatius of Loyola who taught us about, uh, many of the saints and mystics did, but in particular, he taught us about consolation and desolation. And consolations are times when we feel very loved and uh, not lonely and grounded and we're very close to God. Desolations are where we feel lonely, isolated, and away from him. And those are going to come and go from the time we're born to the time we die. This is a consolation. So think about the Garden of Eden, Anne. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question. So God made all of creation. On the first day this, on the second day that, on the third day this. And after every day, he looked at what he made and he said it was very good. <laughs> yes. And then when he made Adam and Eve, well, Adam, he made man in his image and likeness. He said that was very, very good. Very good. Even better than good. When he made Eve, he said, awesome. Let's just get past that, right? <laughs> <laughs> but then God said something about, uh-oh, something is not good. Remember in the Garden of Eden, Eden, what did God say? It is not good that man should be alone. Yes. It's the first time in scripture we hear God talk about anything that is not good. Mm. So this loneliness thing isn't just some boo-hoo-hoo thing that you should snap out of it and get on with it. It's very deep and profound. It's part of who we are. The reason that God, one of the reasons that God said it was not good is because Adam, in a certain sense, wasn't yet a complete image of God. Remember, God, we're made in God's image and life. So Adam was full and complete in that. But when he had Eve as a wife and the two were called to become one, now they were a complete image of God because God himself is persons who are called into holy, eternal, divine communion. So it is not good to, for man to be alone. We are made for relationship. We are made for communion with other people. We are ultimately made for holy, divine, intimate communion with God. So it's not good for man to be alone. Then I thought about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Now we have the new Adam in a different garden. And he's about to go to his passion and his death. And it's, that's not good. You want to talk about what's not good? What Jesus had to go through was not good. So think about God the Father looking down on his son in the garden and thinking to himself, hmm, it is not good that my son, the new Adam, should also be alone. So guess in his worst suffering, who came to be with Jesus in the garden and comfort him? An angel. Mm. It was the Father who sent an angel to come and comfort Jesus. So Jesus was alone in his suffering, but not alone. And that taught me we can trust God as a father 
when we are at our lowest and we're facing our own crucifixions, if we will look around, there will be an angel. And maybe it's just our guardian angel. And I don't, I don't want to even say just our guardian angel. That's pretty great. So, and Jesus leaves the garden and now he's dragged off to court. He gets whipped and all that. And he's carrying his cross now up to his death. Who else weeps for him and consoles him along the way? The women of Jerusalem. <laughs> then when he falls three times and he can barely even carry that splintery cross, who comes alongside to help him carry that cross? Simon. I was thinking Simon. Yeah, Simon. Mm. So again, even in Jesus' most lonely abandoned moments we have the angel we have the women who weep for him we have simon who helps him carry the cross for a little while and then who else came along with jesus along this via dolorosa a woman who wiped his face veronica yes again another moment of tender consolation where jesus probably didn't feel alone for at least a brief second. Mm -hmm. Then at the foot of the cross, he was not alone. Even though mostly everybody else ran away, who was there at the foot of the cross to be with him to the end? Mother. His mother, beloved disciple John, some of, and the other Marys. Mm -hmm. And even right before his death, I thought about this. Even the good thief, hanging on a cross next to him, mm. uttered his belief in him. Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He turned and he affirmed Jesus. And he, he went to his death with Jesus. So Jesus actually, he died alone, but he didn't die alone. He even had a companion in his misery on the cross. And I, I think a divorced people, you know, when we get together in these small groups at parishes, it's kind of like, you know, we're the good thief. We're all on our own little crosses dying with Christ. And we're not alone. We feel alone, but we're not alone. So that's, a, that's worthy, I think, of, of all your listeners, all our listeners, to really think about that when we feel utterly abandoned. Our feelings are one thing, and that's true. But we are never truly completely abandoned. And that's a deep consolation. It really is. I mean, what I think of, too, is um, I think we can all think of a time in our lives where we really did reach rock bottom, but you get either that text, that phone call, that image, that... Something, something always seems to break it. Somebody, something breaks that uh, moment where you're at your lowest point. And I can think of so many times that it could have been a word that someone said or a random phone call or something, you know, that someone was able to help you reach out of that terrible time. And I know that all of you who are listening and either going through separation or divorce, or you've already been there, you understand what we're saying. You know, one of the things that I also learned, 
And God loved my spiritual director. He's really great at pointing out my sins, my hidden sins, right? <laughs> oh, God. So I learned about self-pity as being a horrible, horrible sin. It really is rooted in pride. And self-pity, I heard this, I, I think I've told you this before, but I heard a woman that I know who's been given the gift to see into the spiritual world sometimes. And she shared a story of a man in a restaurant who was very, very angry. He was really indulging his anger. It was rage. And she saw, quote unquote, demonic influences and spirits come and they were attracted to that anger. And it was like, like a red glow. It was red. And it was demons just lap that up like cats with milk. They're drawn to when we fall into bitter, rageful anger, right? And they influence us. They feed it like a fire. They want to they keep us angry, right? Well, then she said the worst was somebody that she saw that was wallowing in self-pity. And that aura, the, that demonic presence was black. <laughs> black. And I was like, oh, that's, the, that's me. And self-pity, in effect, says, I'm lonely. I'm abandoned. I'm the victim. It isn't fair. I can't really trust God. Even God doesn't understand. Where is he? How come he hasn't changed my life? Why doesn't he make things better? He needs to hurry up. I mean, all those little thoughts. It's so self-centered that it really pushes God out. And that's sinful. And it blocks grace. So loneliness is natural. But if we feed it and wallow in it and don't make any effort to come out of it, it opens the door for the blackness of self-pity to come and attach itself to our loneliness. And now we, we are not in a good place. That's I couldn't agree more. I, you're absolutely right. And the color would be black, depressive color. They, people lose their faith at this point. Self-pity is a horrible place to be. So don't let loneliness is normal. We're, Anne and I are both praying for you and your mm -hmm. loved ones, and we want to help you work through and understand loneliness. Even Jesus was lonely, but he didn't fall into self-pity. He trusted the Father. He trusted the Father. He trusted the Father. Even if he, could, if he didn't do it in his feelings, he did it in his will. Mm. That before. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah. No self-pity. And you know what? I just want to say, too, that what we offer at the foundation is spiritual accompaniment and spiritual consultation. And keep Rose in mind, too, because she does an awesome job meeting with people like you uh, who want to explore in a deeper way their relationship with God. So consider that Rose can do those appointments with you. Rose, tell us a little more about what you can do to help people. I know that you've been doing a lot of these appointments with individuals to help them on that path. Yes, Anne, thank you. I, I, it's uh, through my, I'm a certified life and relationship coach. And uh, I'm also a disaster recovery coach. And isn't divorce a disaster? 
So I can help people take a look at the shock and all the things they have to deal with and create a plan for moving forward in a way that's healthy and optimistic and hopeful and also very pleasing to God. And um, I have somebody coming to my home this weekend. I will even do intense weekend retreats, coaching and, and guiding, which I love to do. I, you know, you and I are both the same. We have, we have big hearts for people and we just, God has given us a lot of gifts and you and the Mercedarians are so generous with your time and your treasure and, and your love. Thank you so much, Rose. Honestly, yeah. I mean, I give the Mercedarians so much. Uh, maybe the word shouldn't be credit. I know that they would give God the credit, right? <laughs> that's Maybe that's not the right word. But um, their charism is, is very beautiful. And I encourage all of you to learn more about the Mercedarian Order at orderofmercy.org because the fourth uh, vow is to give their lives for those in danger of losing their faith. And you know, when you've gone through something like a separation or divorce or overcoming some kind of tragedy or loneliness in your life, you can be in danger of losing your faith. Yes. Yes. I hear that all the time. And where was God? Why did he allow this? Is this part of his cruel plan? I don't know. Is he really there? I mean, I, yeah, people will even say that. I'm thinking of leaving the church. And I'm like, wait, just because you didn't get what you need and you want in the way you need and you want, don't abandon the family. Don't abandon God. Again, that's tiptoeing into self-pity. And I've been there. I've had to confess it more than a few times. Um, so there's no, what we're talking about, there's no shame in falling into sin, but there is, if you're, you know, deliberately staying there and nursing it and feeding it, but get out of it and we'll help you get out of it. That's right. That's a good point. If I could also just mention too, um, we're talking about our spirituality, but the, uh, the world of psychology also intersects with our spirituality, especially when you're doing something like spiritual direction or spiritual consultation. I mean, if you yourself are going through some kind of clinical loneliness or depression or whatever, certainly do seek some help. I know that we have great resources on our page, on our outside resources page on nonatus.org that you can learn more about um, getting some help. In fact, one of our own board of directors, uh, Colleen Fitzpatrick, is a, a licensed uh, clinical social worker, and she also does online meetings too. So I'll just mention that in case you want to go to our website and learn about her ministry, uh, her work, I should say, and, um, and anything that we can do to help. But I can't say enough too that, you know, surround yourself with good people. Now, I'm not saying that means that if you don't get along with someone to completely just cut everybody out of your life that you have any issues with, but surround yourself with uh, people that uh, are leading you down the right path in your life of virtue, in your life of faith, and encouraging you, you know. Yeah. Um, and sometimes those people might be as little as one or two people in your whole circle of family and friends and acquaintances. Um, you know, true friends, as you know, Anne, can be few and far between. And sometimes our friendships don't last 
um, for whatever reason, but we can always thank God for the years that they did. You know, I, I that's right. In fact, I'm sure you can too. Don't you have old girlfriends that you just never even see anymore? Yes, I do. And I think that happens too when you're at a certain age where maybe you had kids that, you know, the kids played together and they were in play group or in, in school together or some kind of a prayer group that you belong to or something. And you just don't see them on that weekly basis or biweekly basis anymore. And before you know it, you know, you never talk to them anymore, except for like that social media post that you click on like once in a while. <laughs> right. I mean, hate to say it, but, um, and, and you know what I, you know, I travel a lot for my work. And so I, I'm not active in my local parish. Like I used to be decades ago. So I hardly know anybody there anymore and I don't belong to any groups and I don't have any friends there. So when I'm home in my hometown, yeah. So, and, and, and you know, you can't see her, but Anne is like going, me too, me too. <laughs> yes. So I am so thankful for social media. And I'm going to say this. Yes, social media can be bad. It can be misused. It's just like tea. When we came out, I, I'm old enough, Anne. I remember when TV came out. It was black and white. Yeah. And then a lot of parents were going, oh, my gosh, the kids are spending too much time in front of the screen. They're going to go blind. You know, and look at the trash that's on TV. You know, it was, it was like McHale's Navy. That was trash. Yeah. That was best. You remember grandmom or, or whoever saying those words, you know, in your head? <laughs> yeah. So anything that God can use for good sinful part of man and the devil the world the flesh and the devil can turn toward evil so don't get all upset just focus on the good and i i love my friends on social media sometimes i do i do feel alone or isolated and i go online and i see funny posts or meaningful posts and i'm like my people my friends and that's right it's a blessing no, I agree with you completely. I mean, and, and uh, yeah, most of the time, Facebook and other social media outlets are pretty good. Uh, and, and I think that's a blessing to all of us. Um, I, I also, if I could bring up the fact that even within our world of religion and our world of church and church groups and good Catholic people, uh, in the world of psychology, you know, not all personalities are going to mesh either. Right. And, you know, there's such a thing as something like a personality disorders and things like that, that people have. And when you see signs of someone in your life, even if they're very religious people, you know, just be careful because they're still human. Right. Okay. You know what? I love that you said that because... Now, I'm, I'm going to over-exaggerate to create a point. Yeah. But if the atheist lesbian woman down the street from me is cheerful and brings me fresh flowers in the spring and waves when I drive by, and the, uh, you know, the holier, holy rosary woman down at my parish who's in all the groups and knows all the Latin prayers by heart, but if she's crabby and gossipy and thinks she's all that, I'm sorry. I'm going to like the other lady, the one who actually is receiving love and giving love. Okay, I'm not condoning 
sin. We all sin. We all fall short. We're all struggling. But the reality is exactly what you said. Not everybody at church is at a place yet where they can be a good friend. Amen. I, I agree with you. Uh, and it's a lesson that I've learned myself with going through therapy. I know that some people are listening and uh, have been through, or maybe you're in therapy right now, and therapy does help sometimes. And there was something that I was completely unaware of. And maybe even for some of you listening, you've dealt with this even with your ex-spouse or whatever, but some of these personality disorders that uh, really do interfere with our relationships when you're dealing with somebody who say narcissistic personality or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Or the different other realms that even if they are very religious, you know, they may still be in that realm that it, there's the, 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 the virtue isn't there for friendship really. And it does. Sometimes you can have a very sincere person who's not even a person of faith who could be there for you as a good listening ear. Right. right. And so, yeah, just to keep those things in mind that humans are humans. Uh, we, we fully believe in our faith and we know that's where we get fed and everything that, that, that we honor and believe in our lives comes from our Catholic faith. But one of the lessons that we can all learn is that humans are still humans and uh, just follow God's guidance on who you can trust. I know you've said that before, Rose, on some of our other podcasts that, uh, you know, you don't need to tell everybody everything. And that's a lesson I've learned for myself, too, when you're going through some kind of loneliness. You know, and here we are going down a little path. I know we want to get back on and uh, give our list of things to do when you're lonely, but let me address what you just said, that we're only human. I love that you said that because here's the thing. If we are made in the image and likeness of God, we're pretty awesome. We have capabilities that are divine. If we turn and open and allow God to fill us with his life and his love and his grace, so when we say we're only human, we're really talking about the part of us that has given in to sin. The Amen. Has, the part that has chosen, for whatever lonely, desperate, weak reason, we've chosen sin. But the consolation is at any moment we can turn away from that and go back to be that human that does more fully image God's goodness, truth, and beauty. So what do you say we dive into our... Yes, let's do. And thanks for that little diversion there. But it's in addressing those of you who are listening, who are thinking, you know, I'm still very lonely. I've prayed a lot. I've gone to daily mass. I try to hang out with good, good, uh, faithful people. Just hang on tight because uh, God's with you. And even if you're not feeling him, he's still there. And we're praying for you too. Okay, and one more little thing. Here we are cramming it all in at the last minute. Loneliness and the suffering that comes with it, it's an emotional suffering, and it might even be a physical suffering as well, is an opportunity to offer that up with Jesus' sufferings and bring some powerful, redemptive graces out of it. God can take the gifts of our suffering, our, especially our loneliness, and redeem it and bring something very beautiful out of it. We might not figure that out until the other world. We might not know how 
saying, Lord, I'm so lonely, but I give it to you. Do something wonderful with it. He may like take his magic wand in a certain sense and go, ping, turn that into a powerful load of graces that he gives to somebody who really needs it at the moment. So right. I know that's. Oh, no, no, it's great, Rose. Thank you so much. So, yeah, so you were going to talk about the list now, right? The list of uh, things that people can do when you're feeling that loneliness. Now, we also should mention COVID, right? And we've been in this boat of, I guess, some isolation for most of the states. Uh, we're still in some kind of... Uh, you know, red tape where we're not allowed to do everything we want to do. So we're hoping that this, you know, pandemic ends soon too, right? But that's affected all of us as well. Yeah, we here in California just got notice from our wonderful governor that, uh, I know, uh, that we're on lockdown again in our county now. Every Churches are closed. This is the third time since, yeah, so... It's crazy, but you know what? Do what we can as, as responsible citizens and then let quit wallowing in it. Don't fall into self-pity, don't get angry, but do, do what you can, offer it up, and then see how you can bring something good out of this. You know, how many of us never, we don't even know who our neighbors are. Well, COVID is a good time <laughs> go around to our the immediate front doors that are really close to us and you know stand out there with our mask or whatever and it's just say hey i wanted to say i live here we've never met but i'm here if you need anything i mean how wonderful would that be that could be number one on the list right i mean I think that is number one on the list hmm. on your mask go out your door and knock on a couple other doors and of course, stand six feet apart. So, and Halloween is coming up now. This is being aired after Halloween, but, <laughs> but yeah, I know. I, know. I, I hope I hope the Halloween celebrations don't get left this year. There's other, you know what? This, what did they say? Necessity is a mother of invention. I think mm. I hope people get creative this year uh, with COVID to uh, still celebrate what they want to celebrate. <laughs> I should mention, Rose, uh, if you don't mind me interjecting for a second, that this is being aired on Election Day. Not that we're going to get into any of that on this podcast at all, uh, but we do encourage people to vote, obviously, right? And um, so here we are on the Tuesday, and this is being aired at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern time, so probably the polls are closed by now, but... Uh, maybe for some that li are listening on the West Coast, it's still before that 8 p.m. And, uh, and, you know, thinking about elections, my dream would be that there would be a na the next election, major election, would be a national holiday. Everybody gets the day off, they get paid, but they have to go vote, and they have to vote in person. And when they get to the polling place, neighbors... It's maybe church groups, women's groups, dad's groups have set up booths with uh, coffee and donuts and neighborly, come and get to know your neighbors. I mean, what if we turn this into a beautiful, holy communion, as it were, of citizens and neighbors and family and friends? That's something that we could talk about. But Thank you. 
And of course, I must just say, if I could, that of course, the St. Raymond Onatus Foundation is not, um, we don't get into the whole uh, politics thing, but just mentioning that it's election day. So just a recognition there. Well, let's clarify that since you did bring it up. Mm -hmm. Sure. We as Catholics don't have, we don't avoid politics. Because politics is about people and the running of people and the living of our life, our people's life according to God's way, right? And we certainly as Catholics can speak out about issues that we believe are in, a, in accord with God's design for us. That part of polit, polit, politics is absolutely necessary for all of us. Look, we have politics in the family. Dad wants to go uh, here on Sunday afternoon, and mom doesn't want to go, and the kids do want to go. So now we have a big political argument. <laughs> and, the, and the president and the vice president are hashing it out, and all the kids are voting. So it's a myth that we separate our faith from our politics. But I do know what you're saying is we're not endorsing anybody. Right. As a nonprofit, but uh, thank you. Okay, okay. So... Out of politics, back to our list. So get out and meet your neighbors. Mm. Just one or two. Okay. Here's what I did when I was really lonely, and I still do. Sometimes my husband is gone. I haven't talked to my friends in forever. I'm just sick of work. I'll go to the store. I've been in my house for three days. I go, I better put on some lipstick. And I'm going to go to the store, and I am going to visit with and ask each sales clerk how they're doing today. You know, just go, hi, how you doing? I Guess what? I just left my house to come see you. I don't even know who you are, but I'm, I hate the house. You know how many people would go, oh my gosh, I know what you're talking about. Me too. And you have this wonderful conversation. We have to come out of ourselves. That's the problem with loneliness. It's a temptation to stay self-focused and not balance that. And there's times we have to be self-focused, but balance that with being other focused. Thank you, Rose. Have you, done, have you ever done something like that? Just go to the store and start talking to everybody? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, generally speaking, I'm pretty outgoing. <laughs> I like, I, I do like people. There's a part of me that, that likes my privacy and, and my prayer time and, not not to be around a lot of people, but um, I guess we all have our personalities, right? Right. And if you're divorced, and I remember this, I don't want to go, I don't want to put on any darn lipstick. I don't want to go to the store and talk to anybody. What's Rose Sweet even talking about? I'm depressed. Okay, I get it. You don't have to go to the store. You don't have to go meet your neighbors. But pick up the phone and call your sister. Pick up the phone and call your brother and just say, hi, how are the kids? Just force yourself to reach out to somebody close to you for five minutes. Oh, that's great. Do it again the next day. Do it again the next day. Right? Amen. So, Anne, let me ask you, what if somebody does go to daily mass, but they go, well, I don't know anybody there. And I never meet anybody. I go to daily mass, but I don't know anybody. How could you change that? Well, Personally speaking, I think depending on where you live and depending how, how much you can get out, if you want to go to daily mass, but you're not crazy about your own church, you know, check out other churches, 
I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, where I live in the greater Philadelphia area, uh, I'm lucky because we do have a lot of churches that offer uh, varied times. I mean, most of them are in the morning. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, uh, I, th I think that that could be something to look into. But, you know, I think the nature of daily mass is not... Uh, you go to another church community, you, if you're going there to meet friends or to, to uh, develop some friendships, it may not happen, but that's okay because you're there to, to receive the Eucharist, right? I mean, um, I think that's where we have to go inside our hearts and say, why am I going to daily mass? You know, yes, it's great to, to meet people. It's great. It, it would be wonderful to make some relationships, but just examine your heart as to why you, why you're there. Right. The primary motive should be to worship God mm -hmm. as, he, as He requires us. But secondary, if you if after Mass you you walk through the vestibule and you don't open your mouth and you don't look at anybody and you don't engage anybody in conversation or ask any questions, of course you're not going to know anybody. So it's a matter of coming out of our comfort zones and smiling or saying, hi, I'm new here, or hi, is there a women's group here, or is there a men's group, or gosh, it takes so little to make a connection. Yeah, I agree completely. <laughs> and, um, and you mentioned social media. I think social media can also be a good place depending on the circumstance and depending if it's somebody who's a common friend or something, you know, where you can possibly find out about what you just said, groups or making some new friends. Um, you know, like you said, right now we're going through this whole COVID thing and the pandemic as, as hopefully we're coming out of it. But social media has been a godsend for a lot of people who aren't able to be around others. And, and Zoom. Or Skype, and Zoom, mm -hmm. FaceTime, all those ways that um, you can, you know, that's what I did. I started making friends and then I said, let's FaceTime so that we could see what we look like and laugh. And, and this is perfect for COVID or any situation where you're not able to get out and meet somebody in person. So amen. take, take advantage of our modern media. And if you're old, <laughs> and I'm not going to define what age group that is, and you don't know how to work all that stuff, get somebody young to help you. What, now, what's another thing that you've done in your life when to, so that you're not lonely, that you're busy with other people or involved with other people? Yeah, I think... Um... I think what I've done mostly, especially recently with COVID and everything like that, um, and as my, the listeners here know, I mean, I myself am married. I've never been divorced, uh, but in, in the realm of loneliness, uh, for me, I feel like if I take the time by myself to pray, to really just... Uh, you know, quiet my heart and my mind to, to read some good spiritual books in the morning or, or say to pray my rosary slowly, 
believe it or not, that actually helps me not to feel lonely. Right. Because that's, that's my time with God when I do my prayers in the morning and at nighttime too. But that's my time where I, I, I literally, I just spend time with the Lord and I try not to get interrupted. So I would, I would suggest that to anybody listening is, is just taking that time, even if it's just with like a little meditation or a scripture passage or maybe a decade of the rosary or something like that. I mean, for me, my prayer time has really helped me out of loneliness because yeah. then I realized it's not so scary being alone because I do have God. Right. And that's the whole message of our Christian faith. We were created for union with God and he's a priest revealed himself to us as a person, a loving person. We were created for that union so that we would never be lonely. We'd be completely fulfilled. And that is our primary relationship, but we've got it backwards. We come into the world first seeing other people and first connecting and bonding with other people. And hopefully that should lead us higher to the Lord. But sometimes we get stuck and we just go, okay, Lord, I want more relationships. I want more people. I want better. I want better. So we're, we turn him into a vending machine. We, we stick in enough prayers, he'll deliver the goods. Oh, yeah. That's so true. Yeah. I mean, and even I think even for people who are not religious or faith-minded or Catholic, uh, I think a anybody can feel that way, you know, that you, you say that prayer and why doesn't God give me what I need? Why did God allow that to happen in my life? Why do bad things happen to good people? Well, and those are the questions that we love to answer, the, your, your spiritual services that you offer at the St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation that I offer in my, in my life and relationship coaching. We can help answer those questions. They're important questions. I think the bottom line for our list today as we're winding up should be, even if you don't feel like it, except if you're completely down and crushed in spirit and you need some healing, get out and be of service to somebody. Be of service to somebody. How many people in your family could use Young people could use a night off. Take their kids, babysit. Go over and babysit. Well, I'm not good with kids. I don't care. Get some coloring books and crayons and go over there and babysit. It's amazing when you're around little kids how your attitude changes. Except, of course, when they're out of control brass, and then you go, okay, thank God that I get to leave after this. <laughs> you know, and, you know I'm, I'm teasing, but we really need to Make a list of the people that you're closest to in your, in your town, your family, your friends, and call them, up, call them up and say, I'd like to volunteer my time. Can I come over and do something for you? Can I come over and take the kids? Can I come over and paint that bedroom with you? I want to give myself to you this week. How can I do that? And even if they say, oh, that's not necessary, you got a nice phone conversation going on. And I guarantee when you hang up, you're not going to feel as lonely. You know, God always provides. And when I think for all of you who are listening, I would invite you to look back on your own life. Because although there have been some bad things, tragedies, hurts, separations, divorces, uh, 
God has come through for you in many ways too. And, and that's why I'm very grateful to, Ro- to Rose to do this podcast where we can talk about loneliness because that's one thing that we want to provide for you is the ability to understand that God cares, the church cares, we care. And we are here for you. So as we're going to be ending this podcast in just a couple minutes or so, uh, like Rose said, we invite you to connect with us at her at rosesweet.com and myself and the foundation at nonatis.org. Make that appointment for your spiritual consultation with Father Ken Breen. I want to make a shout out. I'm sure he's listening on this podcast right now. Uh, And and make that one hour free consultation with him where he will listen pray for you, and the Mercedarians will be praying for you too. Thank you so much, Rose. Well, before we go, I want to say thank you, Anne, for being somebody in my life that keeps me from being lonely. You've become a a dear friend, and I love you very much. I love you too, and you're my friend. I'm so grateful for you, and and we have this now on podcast. (laughs) Right. It's a great moment. Thank you so much. And, uh, and again, for all of you, please know that we're here for you. We love you. We care about you. And, uh, and God's going to get you through this. You know, if nobody's told you that, if nobody's told you that you will get through this time, if you're lonely, uh, I think all of us were a little lonely this year, mm-hmm. not to feel so bad. You know, I mean, we went from a normal life to, you know, like Rose said, even out in California right now, not able to get to Sunday mass and praying to God that things go back to normal soon, uh, you know, and, and we'll see what happens, right? We'll see what happens. So thank you, Anne. We'll talk to you next month. Yes, we'll talk to you next month. And everyone, God bless from the St. Raymond Donatus Foundation for freedom, family, and faith. Thank you so much, Rose. Good night, everyone. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information about the St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation, visit nonatus.org or email director.srnf at gmail.com. Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry today.